Hello, it's David Perlman for Conversations at TheWholeNote.com with a first conversation of 2012. Happy New Year to you all. My guests are Stephen Rawls. Hello, Hello. Stephen. And Bruce Ubakata. And Stephen and Bruce are the co-founders of the Albra Connection. And Lord knows why it's taken us this long to have a conversation, but I'm really <laughs> glad we are. Um, this, is, uh, this is a particularly interesting and auspicious time because uh, one month from now, February 19th at Kerner Hall, you're having a gala concert, um, 30th anniversary celebration Absolutely. of yes. the yes. Aubra connection. We'll come back to talking about that, but um, for, for readers, listeners who were as ignorant as I was when I first <laughs> arrived, um, the Aubra connection, let's talk a bit about what the Aubra connection itself was or is. Well, I think I'll begin with that, David. Uh, Stephen and I met in 1976 in uh, the English seaside village of Aldborough, mm -hmm. which uh, for any musical person has a particular resonance because it was the place where Benjamin Britten uh, lived and worked. And uh, it had a marvelous uh, focus and uh, presence in that town. And uh, the Aldborough Festival had been involved had been going from the, the late 40s, mm -hmm. but um, at that stage of the game, uh, they were beginning to have master classes that were taught by the circle of people that had known and worked with Britain. And I was one of the first Canadians to go over in 1976. In 76. As it turned out, it was it was really just the. 1977, okay. I'm sorry to correct you. <laughs> Had you been going there prior to that? Steve? Yes, yes, I first went there in 1972. Okay. Yes. And those years were, I was just very fortunate to be there those few years because, um, as Bruce was about to say, I think it was the, the very end of Britain's life. He sadly died in the um, autumn of 76. That's why I was so sure about it, because I know that uh -huh. Bruce was in Aldborough the summer after that. Mm -hmm. so, so I didn't meet you him. You missed him, but you met Peter Absolutely. Pierce. Absolutely. Peter Pierce mm -hmm. and a number of other people that were very close to Britain. And uh, the classes were focused on song repertoire, and I loved that and um, was thrilled, of course, to meet a wonderful accompanist, Stephen, uh, who uh, <laughs> had already been playing for a few seasons for those classes. And uh, really, uh, one thing led to another, and, and certainly by then, a number of our Canadian singers were beginning to go to Albury each summer. And when we got back here, we all loved the sort of experiences that we'd had, the kind of repertoire we'd focused on, and the seriousness with which it was uh, treated, I suppose also the fun that it, it gave mm -hmm. us all to perform it. And so uh, Stephen and I thought that maybe we could bring something to uh, Toronto's musical scene. And uh, 
in a, in a way, try to recreate some of the spirit of those uh, experiences that we'd had. So we found in the Albrecht Connection in February of 1982. Uh -huh. And as you say, 30 years ago, I was thinking to myself, it's one score year in 10. <laughs> somehow sounds a little bit less serious than 30. So, so the focus at Albrecht was on art song? Um, particularly at that period, um, partly because I guess the, um, the school, the master classes there were really started. It was um, Britain's initiative to a large extent. He knew that his career, if not his life, was drawing to his end, and that Peter Pears's singing career was almost over. And his idea was create something worthwhile for Peter to do mm -hmm. in his remaining years. So um, song masterclasses were very much the focus then. But quite early on, they had um, string classes, particularly solo string classes and string quartet classes. Mm. And the relationship between operatic repertoire and, and art song at Albrecht itself, was, mm. was that a...? Um, yes, it was, it was always there, and it was quite an easy relationship, I guess. And um, in the school, there would be performances of Britain's chamber operas, particularly Albert Herring, Rape of Lucretia, we were involved in. Mm -hmm. Also, they did some larger things. I remember they did a wonderful um, Eugene Onyegin that Rostropovich conducted. Yes, indeed, because a number of years we were thrilled to have the classes of Galina Vizhnevskaya. That was a tremendous experience for us. And in that, a certain amount of repertoire came from the great Russian operas. And, of course, Britain himself in his time had been a tremendous Mozartian. He mm -hmm. had adored Cosi fan tutte. Mm -hmm. But in the classes that we were specially involved in, there definitely was a, a, a distinct focus on song rather than aria. They felt that there was plenty of material out there, and we right. might as well get on with yes. it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think we were tremendously lucky to have had those experiences. And in terms of the singers who came there, were these were these young students, or were these they edge were, of career? Or? Yes, they, yes, they were typically ones who were just teetering on the brink of their careers. Um, one of the first people to, to go there was Catherine Robin, who was just at the beginning of her career. And then, who will be emceeing your Absolutely, concert yes, on the 19th. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. dear Catherine. She sang in our very first concert in 1982. Uh -huh. So it's wonderful that she can be part of this. So she concert. was a colleague from, from Suffolk then. You had... We knew, in, I knew her, knew her here already in, from, in Toronto. Yes. Oh, and yes. indeed was the one who suggested that she would love, love the experience if she uh, applied. And of course, they were thrilled to have her as well. And just to link things up, it's interesting that of course she did do uh, classes in, in German song and English song. But in fact, she also uh, appeared as Lucretia in Britain's The Rape of Lucretia in a full operatic performance there. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, she was not to be very, very much involved with opera, but that was a wonderful experience for her. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was quite a, a synergy of all those different things going on. And, and so, in terms of just circling around February the 19th, you, mm -hmm. the co-host for that event is uh, Christopher, Christopher Newton, Newton yes. whose background is obviously theatrical rather than musical. So, so going back to Aubra, was that an aspect of the festival there, the kind of the blending of the, of the arts uh, to some extent? Uh, or? Not so much, really. Um, although there would sometimes be uh, programs of songs with sort of narrative material or even sort of dramatic material, 
but it was an unusual kind of thing. It's that th the format that we often mm -hmm. use, which you imply, which has um, a number of singers, but also very often either ourselves or an actor reading or delivering um, spoken text. Mm -hmm. um, that was something which Bruce had even been initiating even before he went to Aldborough. I think he had done a number of concerts here on various themes. Well. And we, we <laughs> decided, or we realised that it was a format that encouraged people who maybe would have been put off by a song recital, they mm -hmm. would never dream of going to a song recital, would be drawn in by something which had a framework to it mm -hmm. and some kind of historical... A thematic or yes. unifying yes. aspect. I must say, it's very gracious of Stephen to give me uh, some credit for it. I oh, think well, it's I, perfectly I, true. Well, I'm not entirely sure. I think basically I sort of cribbed all the funny bits out of, uh, <laughs> out of things from, uh, you know, the, the, the written record of the Victorian ballads. That's one program that I did do. But I should say, certainly, and I really do mean it, that Stephen has, has put tremendous effort into crafting the spoken material in all of our productions so that, in fact, it never really is a discursive lecture with musical <laughs> examples. That's mm -hmm. something that he was perfectly clear about right from the beginning. And uh, to a, a large, large extent, 99% of the time, direct quotation. So we don't have the sort of babying and I think not very successful business when somebody says, and now we're going to have a really gentle and lovely song. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. set it up, uh, write the account of the composer gazing at the face of his new baby, then have the song and let the audience feel that it was gentle and expressive. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Telling people what they are about to feel is not so always successful. always tough work, especially it with is. with uh, mm -hmm. some of the most wonderful music at mm -hmm. our disposal. Who needs it? So the gala is going to bring together, and we'll we'll attach a link to the to the video so that people can look at the names of everybody wonderful. who's coming. Wonderful. But sixteen. 16 people who you've worked with over the years yes. and yes. some of whom were established and some of whom would probably credit the two of you for... Well, I hope so. Well, uh, most of them, I would say, we linked up with quite early in their careers mm -hmm. and uh, there's certainly a number, I'm sure, who we can claim to have given them their first recital exposure mm -hmm. in Toronto, if not in Canada. They're a marvellous bunch, and I must say, uh, f purely from that point of view, we've been doing lots of lists. That happens when you're one score a year and ten. Sure. <laughs> so uh, Stephen dazzled me the other day. I wasn't completely surprised, but we've, in fact, engaged and had 187 singers over the last 30 years, and they're quite a starry roster, I must say. So. Uh, mm. I feel a degree of pride in that, I, I can tell you. So what makes you say, aha? Because it's not technical, is it? There's, is it musicality? What, what is it that says to you, this is a singer we'd actually uh, uh -huh. want to give? Yes. Um, a very important thing is the delivery of text, because that's, I mean, it's such a banal thing to say, but obviously the words in a song have a great deal of importance. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, in a way, more importance, I might say, this is a strange thing to say, but more importance perhaps than they have in opera. 
in the art, in, yes. in the art in a song, song in a recital, mm -hmm. the words are the only thing that can give the audience any idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. In opera, they have a dramatic framework. These days, alas, they have surtitles, mm -hmm. which have diluted the effect of the text from the stage. I mean, they're a wonderful invention. Anyway, I won't get into that. <laughs> that's one of students. It's an interesting one. Yes, that's a, ho a hobby but, horse that's but, well written. But the delivery of text in a song mm -hmm. is obviously incredibly important, and that's what makes... Um, makes a recital a living experience. Mm -hmm. And people actually are currently experimenting with the idea of um, surtitles or subtitles or whatever, some kind of titles for song recitals. And I don't think it's ever going to work mm -hmm. because a poem is a much more intricate thing than an opera libretto. Mm -hmm. and, and you cannot condense a poem yes. like Kent's Judas Lunt. I mean, it is the poem. Right. It's a cumbersome business, and, and also people are riveted, peering sort of some feet above the head of the singer. Indeed, yes. Who's yes. there in the bend of the piano, knocking mm. themselves out to communicate every nuance. <laughs> On the you. other hand, in the, in the song <laughs> recital, they're, they're busy rattling there, there pages. Well, well, and sometimes yes. not enough rattling, because right. I see those lovely programs sitting out there, and quite a lot of people, I think, scarcely stirring them. Uh -huh. <laughs> I always anyway. try to, to read it ahead and then yeah. yes. close yes. my eyes. Well, yes, so. that's the idea. Or you can read it, it when you get home. Right. Um, but if the singer has this ability to, de to deliver the text, mm -hmm. at the very least, the, the effect, the expression of the song will come over. Mm -hmm. And hopefully some of the words, even if they're in a foreign language, one will get some of the words. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's an entry into the poetic idea. And it's so important. Another thing, of course, is, um, in fact, you might say the first thing is the beauty of voice. Well, that's a very easy thing that we look for in the singers that um, perform for us. And do you, do you sometimes hear, I mean, some of these people were really young singers, uh, mm -hmm. not fully into a voice. Are there things that tell you what, what's coming, you know? Or? Yes, yes, well, this, both of those aspects that I mentioned, although they do develop over time, but both of them are probably there at the beginning. Indeed, talent will out, mm. and it, it mm. outs pretty soon, I think. In a singer yeah. that wants to deliver text, that wants to be understood, will have that um, aim right at the beginning. It can be developed, it can be encouraged, mm. but they have it or they don't have it. And with ones that don't have it, you can work for a long, long time, and you somehow don't make inroads. Um, with the beauty of voice, of course. Mm. Um, a voice will develop, especially from the early 20s onwards, but as anybody who auditions a lot will tell you, you can hear that beauty, Pretty that distinctiveness, that expressiveness right from the start. And we'll hear 16 of them on uh, the 19th yes, of indeed, February yes, yes. in a hall that is a first for you. Yes, yes, that's mm -hmm. true. Is it the largest hall that you've, you will have put a concert on in Toronto? For, for oh, oh certainly in, in Toronto, yes. Because mm -hmm. yes. usually you've used the, the Glen Gould, Walter Hall. Walter Hall is our places. regular series, and Walter mm -hmm. Hall seats about 500. Yeah, and the Gould is even more... Actually intimate. smaller. Smaller, yes, yes, 300, 300 you well something, know. yes. In the whole note connection with, with uh, Albra connection uh, goes back to 1995 and 1996 would have been the first full season of yours that we would have covered and interestingly uh -huh. it was um, it you, you you did eight concerts in that year you you had four that you called your Sunday series mm -hmm. and four that you called the recital 
Yes, indeed. Series. So those would have been in the Glenwood Stadium. And that was the 200th anniversary of Schubert's birth. So I th was it your Nin first Schubertiad, or had you been... Yes, that would have been in our second season. So that 1997. Would have been Jan yes, January, January 1997. 1997. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. that was a tremendous a celebratory time, and I think uh, marvellous that we were able to... to uh, celebrate the day and and have the cake and the whole darn thing. It was a wonderful experience for us because we have always focused a little bit on anniversary events, obviously from the point of view of the composers. Mm -hmm. So we celebrated Poulenc's 100th and uh, well, I, I, may I be the first to tell you that we might in fact be celebrating Benjamin Britten's 100th a year or so from now. That's, that 19, will be an extraordinary circle. 1913. So, yes. But in this case it's just a good old 30 for, uh, mm -hmm. for, for our own organization. But the Schubert was a, was yes. a high point. And has remained uh, a motif yes. for you. Yes. In fact I noticed that in your remaining two concerts, the uh, February or, or uh, March, March, you're March, doing March, Schubert quite. and the Esterhazy. That's right, so. yes. So what will the spoken component <laughs> be oh, for that? Well, um, there's a tremendous amount of documentary material about Schubert, his mm. own letters, um, the letters of friends of his, uh, diary entries, their reminiscences, because most of them outlived Schubert by 20 or 30 years. Mm. And so as <clears throat> his fame grew, they were writing down their reminiscences. And Schubert went a couple of summers to be really like the music tutor for the Esterhazy family mm -hmm. in their house to the east of Vienna in um, what was then Hungary, now it's, I guess, Slovakia. Mm. Um, Anyway, and uh, he wrote various songs for the family there. He wrote piano duets that he would play with the daughters of the house. Yes, and there is indeed even a fairly lively notion that uh, there was a, perhaps a little romance going with one of the daughters of the house. So ah, and that of forehands oh, can be useful for those most, kinds yes, of yes. things. Most definitely. I dare say that the odd digit was interlocked at a certain point. <laughs> a little bit of crossover <laughs> of hands. Oh, yes, well. he was yes. well aware of such lovely mm. things. Lovely but we've always, voices. each year, we, um, we do a Schubertiad, as you uh, suggested, mm -hmm. and it's always called the Greta Krauss Schubertiad, okay. because Greta Krauss, who was the wonderful harpsichordist and pianist here mm -hmm. in Toronto, and became particularly revered as a, as a leader coach, I suppose, right. and an accompanist. She played for Lois Marshall and Elizabeth Benson Guy, people like that, um, in recitals. She was a wonderful help and coach and mentor both to us and to a lot of the singers that we worked with. And she sadly died just after our Schubertiad right, in 77, yes. in 97, the mm -hmm. 200th um, Schubertiad. Um, she, she was not well enough to be there, and then she died only a couple of months after that. So it was really then that we decided we would devote an annual Schubertiad to keep her memory alive. Lovely. And the, as, a, as a kind of grace note, the other part of uh, the other part of your musical collaborative career is now Bayfield, is it? The, uh -huh. the summer, That's right. Yes. The summer, so oh, he's very well that. informed, yes. isn't he? <laughs> 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 well, yes. We love Bayfield. We it's uh, a place that's dear to me because uh, I have a family link that goes back a long time. My grandparents had a summer cottage quite nearby. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bayfield has just seemed to be the spot for us to have a retreat, and we're very lucky to have a, a nice house there. And uh, even luckier, I think, to have a gang of people that uh, really are very supportive and interested in the kind of music that we do here. So we 
put on a great feast at the beginning of June, two, month, uh, two weeks of uh, concerts, two weekends of concerts, mm -hmm. and uh, are really particularly glad that we can bring some of our people from, from Toronto, uh, and uh, everyone seems to have a good time. Mm. And we're lucky to have a really beautiful little hall there. It's the, um, the town hall, a late 19th mm -hmm. century building. Only seats about 140, 150 people, but it has wonderful acoustics, mm -hmm. and uh, we can bring in a good piano, and um, we really enjoy ourselves. So. Yes, because that's one of the things about song recitals. When you get right down to it, have a good singer. We hope somebody who knows what they're doing at the piano, mm -hmm. and the piano, and uh, there you go. Yeah. So as we are looking for uh, doing more with less, maybe there's going to be a great revival of the song. Mm -hmm. It struck me as interesting, <laughs> as Bayfield struck me as interesting, because in terms of going back to the connection with Aldborough, for ah. the Aldborough connection, that had the virtue of being pastoral. Yes, yes indeed. Well, that's well, there, are, there are many, that's many similarities. That's very thoughtful. I mean, when, touching. When, we were, when we were first spending time in Bayfield, I would often refer to Lake Huron as the sea, quite, right. you know, just by, by mistake, because right. to me it was like the sea. You look from the cliffs out there and there's no, no land on the horizon. Of course, I would sneer at him and say, well, it's not the sea. <laughs> the wave lays out The breathing yeah. is fast. There still is. There's still a lot of golf and a lot of sailing and, and, and people that like to do that and aren't especially mm. interested in the music. But, <laughs> but there's also a nice link of... of, of Naturally, so. quite by chance. It is by chance. Our festival there takes place at almost exactly the same time as the Old Brew Festival, doesn't yes, it? Yes, so, so someday some mm. scholar will have to sort out which started <laughs> first. <laughs> this is lovely. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to the 19th and good. to the Thank rest you. of the season. Thank you. And I hope to a good few more. Thank you very, Thank very, you very much, much, David. Wonderful it's to be here. Very kind of you to have us. Lovely Thank you. to see you. That's it for us at conversations at thewholenote.com. See you again. Bye-bye.